1: My guest today on Digging in the Dirt is Monique Bosch. Monique has designed and built over 40 edible school and community gardens and farms throughout New England, including a two-acre urban farm in Bridgeport, Connecticut. She works with Connecticut NOFA as a soil health technician as well. She has founded and run for-profit and non-profit entities, including Green Village Initiative, which we're all familiar with, GVI, and Wiggle Room. You should be familiar with them, too. Monique teaches how to grow your own food classes and speaks on healthy soil and community gardening, sharing her knowledge of regenerative agriculture practices and community building. I invited her here today to talk about what we can do now here in the fall to better our soil so we can have successful results next spring and summer. Welcome Monique. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Hey, it's always a pleasure having you. Before we get into what I just described, tell everyone what you've been up to recently up in Massachusetts. Sounds, I think they'll find it really interesting.
0: Oh, the living in the dorm room story. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did actually live in a dorm room at uh, Bard College at Simons Rock in the Berkshires for the last 13 months. I just ended, uh, I guess, uh, six days ago. And We were building, or I should say rejuvenating what was, you know, fields and, and, you know, some growing area. And we focused on making it a regenerative farm, working with students, teaching classes in urban ag, and rebuilding the soil using only regenerative ag principles. So, trying not to disturb the soil, we did cover crops, Uh, we brought a lot of composting, we're now taking food scraps from the dining hall to make the compost. All the food that's grown there is, most of it's going to the dining hall or to the food bank, and students are helping to grow the food, and working with them has been such a a rewarding experience. So um, I'm going to miss it terribly. I might not miss the dorm room, uh, but... uh, (laughs) It has been uh, uh, certainly a, an educational experience for me and all of us who are involved.
1: So these are college students, right? So how, how did they respond to this whole project and concept of regenerative farming?
0: Uh, very open and they got it. And so a lot of them signed up uh, for courses on organic ag that um, that are now going to continue to run now that we have a working farm. Uh, it was Interesting how certainly a, a, a group of them really took to it and said, This is correct. This is what I want to focus on. And we're very, very, and are very passionate about following this process of working with nature to grow the healthiest food possible.
1: So, did you leave a farmer in charge when you left?
0: Yes, a brilliant farmer named Dan Wood. Uh, who'd worked at Indian Line Farm for a number of years, another very famous, wonderful farm up there. Um, so he is now running the, running the ship as our professors, using the land, um, incorporating it into the courses that they're teaching. And so I, I think the future is bright for, yeah. uh, for that land and for the people learning from the land.
1: That's great. Well, another project. That's good. And, and hopefully we can get a, a progress report sometime in the future. So uh, what I want to know is to this, you, you're just, I described you as a soil technician. You want to explain what that might be?
0: I, I geek out on microbes. How <laughs> about that? <laughs> so yeah, I've been working with soil as naturally as I can, since I can remember finding ways to learn from nature And then somebody gave me a microscope and I looked through there and I looked at healthy living soil and I saw that it was teeming with life and it blew my mind. So then I had to have a microscope. But unfortunately, you can't just get microscopy, soil microscopy class. You have to go through the soil health and composting, compost tea brewing. And then finally, you get to learn microscopy. And I studied all of this under Dr. Elaine Ingham with her soil food web. She's been here. Yeah, uh, Brilliant woman. And what she's doing is brilliant. And uh, there's so many of us now that have been trained up that are spreading the word on life in the soil and how important that is for growing, especially growing high nutrition food, food that that has a full nutrient capabilities.
1: So... here we are in the fall, and I wanted to address the people who have gardens and maybe small farms. I mean, some of the listeners I have have some pretty big spreads that they're they're working with, and but there's also a lot of smaller gardens like myself, and I'm bought into a lot of the concepts. Although I I would hazard a guess that you would think I cheat a little bit, you know, with some of the amendments I use. But anyway, what I'm interested in is you know we're cleaning up our gardens right now. It's the fall; everything's about over, and. What can we do now in the fall to help our gardens when spring comes around? Because, you know, I I think it's good to get things incorporated in there. So they break down and get ready to feed the plants that you plant in the spring. Am I right or wrong there?
0: That's exactly right. So, for example, this is the best time of year to put to cover your soil with something like a, a compost that maybe isn't completely matured and allow it to mature. In place on your garden beds, uh, you might even just put down manure, uh, as in the old days. And uh, as long as you have 120 days before the harvest, uh, you can apply manure on your gardens. So this is a perfect time for that. Because oh, we I have didn't know that. Days.
1: 120 days, huh?
0: Yep, that seems to be the the, the number. So uh, what we did at the farm last October, uh, we got a lot of cardboard, took every little bit of plastic off, that was the hardest part of the job, by the way, of off the, the cardboard, laid it down, we mowed the grass really low, we laid down the cardboard and put half done compost on top of that and let it sit all winter. In the spring, of course, it had broken up. It, it smothered the weeds that were, or the weeds, grass, I'll call that a weed, uh, grass under there. And we were ready to plant. So we, the first thing we started with, because it was a new bed, was cover crops. That's another big name in regenerative ag. So the cover crops in the spring, you could put down peas to fix nitrogen. You can put down vetch, which does the same, uh, clover. Uh, another one is um, daikon radish. If you have soil that's, that's pretty compacted, it'll help break the compaction and bring nutrients from deep down up. Um, and oats, which is another filler. So these are all really good ways to feed your soil. Um, So cover crops are getting more and more popular in home gardens as well. So you you just, I have have to say, I love it. Yeah.
1: I became a convert with the, uh, the cover crops. I get it. I get a mix from one of the big companies, you know, and uh, I was surprised. I really let it go wild actually. And I got the hairy vetch. Mm. who if i ever did a film i would name a character Harry Vetch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is but a character that plant
1: it's wild it just when it when it got really mature it got all kinds of blooms and the bees came from all over the place so i was very happy with it because i they helped pollinate my my tomatoes because the vetch was all over the fence around the oh. around the tomatoes so i was you know and you know i you know having all these guests like yourself they they taught me that it's called green compost right and and it,
0: is. Yeah. And you, green it manure. feeds
1: if, yeah green manure it feeds the soil all right
0: yeah it's incredible
1: yeah and i highly recommend to anybody listening you know go cover crop although the problem is that the birds eat a lot of that seed when you put it
0: down. oh that minor detail yes there. Oh,
1: is it's point. like I, I found that if i put plastic down for about a week you know plastic sheeting yeah. let it get let it get uh, germinating then nice. I, I cure some of that problem but the birds come flocking as soon as you throw down that seed so
0: yeah we actually ended up using agrabond covering it up uh till the till they've germinated
1: oh yeah yeah so you, yeah you, you, have you have the same problem you have to so we're warning everybody you know we're going to lay down seed for cover probably you want to cover it for a little bit
0: they so especially that, like the oats
1: they like everything they, they have uh the, <laughs> the the morning doves that hang around now <laughs>
0: <laughs> put down some more of that cover crop.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I I was feeding all my um my cardinals, you know, and they, they were eating all that seed too. Because I, I I'm not big on feeding the sparrows, you know, they they're kind of messy and so I don't put out little seed.
0: I changed a lot about cover crop though. This time of year I would put down winter rye. Mm-hmm. Now I would not suggest it. It tends to overwinter and then in the spring goes gangbusters and you have such a thick amount of material, the only way you can deal with it is to turn it in. And what we're trying to do with regenerative is to not till the soil, try not to disturb it. Right. So, and then it takes a, quite a while to break down once it's in the soil. So mm-hmm. we've moved away from the winter rye. And unfortunately we're a little too late to plant what we call winter kill cover crop. Um, things like peas and oats, which are great. They'll get a nice growth, but then the winter will kill them back. And so the roots will slowly decompose underground and feed the microbes and and protect them. And you have your built-in mulch above ground that is uh ready to plant it in the spring
1: absolutely i i can attest that it all is right just like that it works (laughs) highly recommend cover cover crops but so when you have a cover crop it grows all winter you know in the sun in the spring like i have a spot where i have to grow my stuff so i'm constantly replenishing the soil and and it works you know i don't get much disease and every year it works in the same spot because i'm doing some of the things that i've learned from you and and um some of the other people like nigel palmer you know and so i do those tricks and it, it works for me but when you have that cover crop do you cut it down and if it doesn't go to mulch itself and is growing like gangbusters do you just like weed whack it or cut it down enough so that you can plant through it is that how you would do it
0: it depends on what you're growing the winter rye you're going to have to turn in okay. uh, but and vetch too if it if it does over winter can be you know, pretty sturdy and strong. And 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 then those in the spring. So my suggestion is depending on what you choose, I've changed my protocol. When if I'm doing buckwheat, for example, in the summer, I just cut it back and the roots will slowly decompose. And I have some wonderful mulch for the surface. And I plant right into that. Again, when I'm doing this winter kill mulch uh, cover crops, There's nothing there in the spring. So I'm uh, besides the the mulch that's left over. Mm -hmm. So again, very easy to plant into.
1: So you don't put any other kind of amendments like kelp meal or blood meal
0: or bone meal or anything like that into the soil? No. What I will do is compost. And I'll make sure I usually make my own compost. And so if it's my own compost, it already has trace minerals in the form of a basalt rock dust or something that will go into that. In my seedlings, when I start my seeds, I put in worm compost, which is full of all those beneficial microbes. And uh, that goes into seedlings and also in the transplant hole. So as those roots move and grow, the microbes multiply and move with the roots. And then the only other amendment is compost tea in the spring.
1: Okay. Huh. So you frown upon it, or is it okay to do some? I'm trying to get approval. Uh,
0: yeah, do a soil <laughs> test. If, if you're really lacking, uh, you might need to add something. But for me, I'm finding with these, with all of these natural amendments, especially compost tea, you are adding. We'll add fish hydrolysate and kelp and humic acid to our tea with okay. all those microbes uh, in in the form of, of worm castings those microbes multiply by the billions and they take in that material with all those nutrients. And now they're plant available. Okay. And so those microbes are deposited as a foliar spray or around the roots and those microbes, the fish and, and the, the kelp are now in plant available form and the plant can use them immediately.
1: Well, yeah, you're That's a, how
0: we like to do it.
1: Okay. And you're a big worm lady. And so do you, are you adding
0: uh, worm castings? I won't add that to the garden bed. I'll do it in the seed starting mix and in the transplant hole. Okay. And the only other t- way time I'm using worm castings is with making tea.
1: Okay, okay. It's so just,
0: it's it's too, I don't wanna to say too rich or it might be a waste if you just spread it. Compost on the other hand uh, is a perfect thing to add to soil. Any In the spring, it's good to add two to three inches of finished compost on the surface of your garden bed and plant into that
1: make your own or can you go buy a big bag of organic compost from some some big
0: there are some excellent compost suppliers out there uh here i'm thinking new england compost for example in danbury they do an amazing job uh making high highly nutritious a lot living uh compost But if you're making it yourself, that's probably the best because you know exactly what's going in there. Um, You're helping to reduce your food waste. uh, And you really, I think once you get into it, you'll really depend on it and appreciate making your own compost.
1: We're talking to Monique Bosch, who's, as you can tell, very knowledgeable about all this stuff. She's the uh, soil health technician for Connecticut NOFA. And um a friend of WPKN and I think a friend of mine nowadays. <laughs> we, so I, I re- rely on her for information now and then. And we should talk about teas now because you're, you mentioned it several times. How are we making the compost tea?
0: Right. If you don't have a brewer, or, I mean, we used to use five-gallon buckets with some aeration hoses from a, um, a, a fish oxygenator, okay. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then a rock to hold down the hoses and a, a stick to hold the worm castings and suspend that. And you would add the amendments and you would bubble it for 24 hours um, the, in the worm castings. The microbes get released, go into the liquid, feed off those amendments that you put in. And then, as I said, multiply by the billions in 24 hours. You want to put those aerated microbes so you, you, since you're aerating it, you have the beneficial microbes there because they are they require oxygen. And then applying that as a foliar spray, um, it's amazing. You can go down a row of peppers, and the ones that you can turn around and the ones at the beginning are like standing up, green, lush, they take it in immediately. Oh, so, it's cool. an incredible uh way to feed your plants. We used to do it, um just with the five gallon and then when we moved to the farm in bridgeport we got a 50 gallon brewer yeah. and, and, and did it that way
1: well you're pretty serious what, what do you do it now or do you wait till spring when you're planting
0: you want to do it when everything's alive okay it would be a waste to do it now because the microbes want to find host plants that are living right to form that symbiotic relationship between the plant roots and and the microbes so okay. the plants actually feed the microbes through their roots, um, exudates, and which feeds those microbes. In exchange, the microbe feeds back to the plant whatever nutrients that plant has the ability to take up. That's why it's so important to have living soil. And then, as Zach Bush would say, one application of chemical fertilizer will kill half the life in your soil. Right. And that's fertilizer. Right. So, as much as we can do to not disturb the soil, to help along the microbes that are in there, so leaving rather than pulling even weeds out, cutting them and letting the weeds slowly or the roots slowly decompose is food for the microbes and will keep those microbes there. Yeah, you the beat me to thing that you question. The do is bare soil. Yeah, and not only
1: that, what about you? Know, like, say when I when I get rid of my twenty tomato plants, I leave the roots in.
0: Good. That's exactly right. And guess what I do with the top, unless I've had any problems with pests or diseases? Yeah, I worry um, about that. So fact, I don't... <laughs> yeah, tomatoes are, are probably a bad choice. But anything else, I will cut and let sit there on the surface. Okay. And wor- treat it as a mulch.
1: Okay. Yeah. I had an issue this year. I think I had too much cover crop didn't cut it back enough or and it would really hurt the the production of my peppers and my um eggplants
0: were I, you battling the cover
1: yeah battling the cover you? crop i sort of yeah I was just but you know i'm also i'm I'm a pretty serious gardener but i also have i have to produce digging in the dirt and diagram and work for pkn and work my job and it's sometimes hard to get out there to, to keep things the way you, they should be you know right, and i think a lot of people bad. have the same thing you know gardening is work you know and it
0: Right, some things. Can you know fall. what? We got to make mistakes, otherwise, how are we ever going to learn?
1: Yeah, Every absolutely. Year, there's a
0: new learn- lesson to be learned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Some years you have you do well with some some plant, and other years it, it fails for some reason. You know, this this year I had tons of beets. This year it was great.
0: Oh, good year for beets.
1: Yeah, yeah, very uh, good well, year. The for The one thing beets.
0: I did want to mention in terms of you know cutting back, cutting back any perennials if they're especially if they have seed heads the best thing to do is leave those. And know the whole clean out your garden in the spring, in the fall, uh, I don't believe that. And we're we're learning more and more why keeping the, the seed heads, for example, will help feed the birds through the winter and will again slowly decompose and nature will take its course. Uh, a little different if you have things like bee balm, peonies, hostas, bearded iris, anything that might harbing disease um, that you do want to cut back. So it's that fine line right. uh, between looking in your perennial beds and seeing uh, what would you want to have stay there. And um,
1: that's hard for uh, most of it. I mean, we're just not that knowledgeable as you are about this stuff. So it's hard to, to know what to leave what to take, you know. It's... Right,
0: but you can look that up easily.
1: Okay, so, yeah. And there is go- there dahlias? is Google. <laughs> you definitely
0: want to dig up your dahlias. In is fact, what? I did that yesterday. Dahlias, you want yeah. to dig those up?
1: Dig them up, yeah.
0: Yeah, the root, the, the tubers.
1: Yeah, you and and then put them in the basement for next year, maybe.
0: Right. I just um take some leaves, throw the tubers in there, cover them with leaves, and, and put that in a pot and put it in a place that won't freeze
1: yeah that's my wife's job she she grows great dahlias so whatever whatever she does she's doing a good job at it so and she likes the stuff I throw in the soils because she notices a big difference Yeah, we have a ton of blooms because of all the stuff we're adding in so it's a good thing so and now this time of year it's uh garlic right you want to talk a little bit about garlic because I I just I just planted mine this weekend nice good Uh, timing yeah, it was. It's, if you'd done it more... a week
0: before, I would have worried because if we had that warm smell, oh,
1: yeah, and yeah. What I... you don't
0: want to do is you don't want the garlic to start shooting up because then it'll freeze.
1: I've so, had that. I've had that happen.
0: <laughs> this, as long as the ground isn't frozen, it's a good time to plant garlic from now on. Right, uh, and uh, it's very easy to do, and it's it's so rewarding.
1: Oh, it is. It's, it's the get... best garlic you'll ever have.
0: It's exactly right. It's
1: so oily, and, like, right?
0: They're oily, they're fresh. And what you want to do is every year you're going to save the largest head and that you're going to plant because it's now it's used to yours. They're very um, indigenous. They like their, the soil that they're growing in. Yeah. If they're happy in that soil, that's what you want to go for. So I started when I started growing garlic, well, I, the, my flo- heads were r- really small. Now they're really big because I kept, kept the, the strongest and the biggest, and that's what I planted. And they were used to that soil. They told me they written no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They said, I really like it here. Uh, but anyway, so you just do that every year. But you have saving the head. How
1: can you make your sauce with that? <laughs> well, because
0: you have so much garlic that you can save one or two heads. For Maybe you
1: do, but I plant a hundred, you know, and I keep them in the basement. You know, in the basement, I hang them up for the rafters and they,
0: nice. yeah,
1: and I go down whenever I need garlic. But I, so I buy mine, you know, Vincent K has his garlic farm up there and okay. he, he's got but some it's
0: local. You want to buy garlic? Yeah,
1: the it's, farm. you know, his this uh, sword to plowshares farm has really got great garlic and he sold me a bunch of german white this year so i'm i'm looking
0: forward to some really huge german white. so just save a few of the heads for next year and mark where those are because i think you might find it's very rewarding to dig up garlic that you grew the year before and see what you get
1: Okay, well, I will try we'll try that. I will try that. I really enjoy plant I mean I like plant I have my drill you know my and I drill the holes and oh,
0: perfect. It goes yeah.
1: in really quick and so it's not a it's not a big struggle. and then so what do you, what do you recommend as far as to do to the soil for that for garlic?
0: uh put the garlic clove in the ground
1: and <laughs> <laughs> forget it I it's that easy take- folks it really yeah. is that easy <laughs> sorry
0: but that seems to be at eight inches apart what can i say make sure the tip is facing up and you're good to go uh i always mulch and usually i just take the leaves that that maybe i've moved off the lawn or mowed off the lawn so that it's um leaf mulch rather than full leaves and we'll cover beds with that
1: yeah i use the hay this year i, I you know when yes. i go up state, i, I buy a bale of hay up there down here they sell a bale of hay for 12 bucks up there it's three (laughs) bucks
0: right yeah it's worth the trip
1: yeah it is so when when if i'm upstate i'll just pick up a bale and leave it there until i need it like this past weekend so mulching is good and speaking of mulching you know um craig floyd up at the giving garden he mulches a lot with kelp seaweed
0: yeah he's right on the coast
1: Yeah, he goes and harvests from the beach, you know, and he he mulches a farm, for God's sake, with a lot of uh, kelp. So uh, is that something you would recommend to people as well?
0: I think if I'm putting it in the worm compost tea, there's so many uh, positive attributes to kelp and also salt. Salt is needed in our garden. So that's giving us some salt.
1: A lot of minerals, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mineral content is wonderful.
1: So the, um, the back to the, the tea, you you're you talking about making a, a bubbler and making a you know, five-gallon pail or whatever size and making your tea. What, what if the person listening says, well, that's a lot for me to do. You know what, what do I do in, to get some of the same results and get tea, but I can't be bothered to, to um, make a bubbler and start making compost tea?
0: What you can do instead is something called an extract. So you can still get your worm castings and your amendments, uh, put them in a bucket. um, And then I would suggest um, massaging, uh, putting your worm castings in like even cheesecloth uh, so that you don't get all the bits. Um, You just get the microbes being released and you massage that so the microbes are released. And now you have a liquid that has those microbes. It has those nutrients and you put that down. Don't let it sit put it down right away um, because you don't want to have it go anaerobic with no oxygen because that'll promote the the bad boys, if you will, in in the microbial world. And you then apply that. You just put it in a watering can and and water around your roots. And and that's effective as well. Again, they don't multiply by the billions and they haven't had a chance to absorb, but if they're there in the liquid around the roots, um, they'll still have access to those nutrients And that's a good second choice. Right. So don't you know, cover
1: crops don't pull up all your, your plants and let, let things go a little bit you know even, even though people are all trained to make it look pretty right and, and but you have to changing. really restrain yourself from you know taking up the cover of off of the soil because um who was it that told me uh, one of my guests said you know it's like the earth wants to scab over with with weeds when you has a wound you know and i thought i like it's that
0: Mother's nature's way as yeah. soon as you disturb the soil, it becomes what we call bacterial dominant. Bacterial dominant soil selects for weeds. Okay. Unless you're re- releasing all the weed seeds, and now they're going to have a chance to germinate. So it's the opposite of what we want. We want to keep the weed seeds in the ground. Thank you very much. We want to not disturb the soil so that it gets a nice balance of bacteria, fungi, and we want to leave the, 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 roots underground to slowly decompose and and continue to be um, a a safe haven if you will and also food source for whatever microbes and life is in the soil
1: yeah yeah, good advice so before we wrap up here Monique, um what what's one thing we haven't touched on or something you want to emphasize to somebody listening who is you know maybe not as sophisticated as yourself and others uh, oh, but... I don't but, you know, I'm just oh trying to goodness, help them he out. i want, I, I really get a pleasure out of running into my listeners who hear this and they go, "Oh, I've changed my whole thing and i've I'm really yeah. into gardening now and I, and, I, and I they really get inspired by people like yourself. so i I want to leave them with something that you might encourage them with.
0: I think just take the clues from nature and including the 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 birds and and the the insects and 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 the bees, everybody who needs homes. In the winter, where do you want to live? Uh, so, if you are taking the leaves off your lawn, don't get them to cart them off somewhere. Those are incredibly valuable. First of all, mulches. If you want, um, they're also great homes for um, insects then through the winter. So, keeping them, even if you pile them up in a corner, that will be where a safe haven for for the um, the living elements that we we need. So so desperately in our gardens these days. Yeah, you know,
1: I have a suburban garden, but I have some pine trees in the corner and that's where I throw it all and let it just sit under there because, yeah. you know, the, in the front yard, the neighbors are going to wonder what you're doing, you know, you're not keeping up with the neighbors. Oh, I know. <laughs> that, this whole problem we have of this modern idea of what gardens are. But if you, uh, the ways you can get around it is make, pick areas where you want to do it. That's what I found. So yeah, I think that's good advice, Monique. Well, thank you so much for coming here and, uh, and, and sharing your wisdom with us here on Digging in the Dirt.
0: Thanks. Pleasure talking with you.
1: Yeah. We'll have you back again, I'm sure. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.